0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to The Hindu's In Focus podcast with me, Amit Barua, your host for this episode. Pakistan's economic woes are not new. With dipping foreign exchange reserves and mounting debt, the country has a Himalayan climb ahead when it comes to getting its economy in order. Pakistan's Prime Minister, Shabazz Sharif, has just returned from Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, two countries that have always been helpful to Islamabad in times of crisis. This time, too, they have promised to help out. So what are the dimensions of Pakistan's economic crisis, and can the problem be fixed? To discuss these issues, I am joined from Islamabad by Shahbaz Rana, who writes on economic issues for the Express Tribune newspaper. He also hosts a show on television for the Express News Channel. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Shabazz.
1: Thank you, Ahmed.
0: Thank you very much for providing me this opportunity. So, Shabazz, tell us how
1: serious is Pakistan's economic crisis? Well, this time it is pretty serious. Unlike past when we used to have such crises and someone would bail Pakistan out like the IMF, Saudi Arabia, China, the United Arab Emirates. This time things are pretty bad. Uh, The problem is the external sector where we lack money to uh, honor our past commitments in in terms of the debt that the federal government or the the state of Pakistan has taken from uh, various creditors. So this time uh, the external financing needs are quite large and Pakistan's gross external uh, gross foreign exchange reserves are not very high, standing at around $4.3 billion. Uh, which are sufficient hardly for providing a cover to uh, maybe three three weeks of imports, not more than that. Uh, in addition to that, we have the current account deficit financing requirements. Uh, so, so things are not pretty good this time. Oh,
0: but, uh, you know, uh, Shabazz, we've just seen uh, that uh, uh, Mr. Shabazz Sharif has uh, come back from the UAE and Saudi Arabia. The UAE, according to your own report in the Express Tribune on January 12th, Agreed to give Pakistan uh, three billion dollars for debt roller debt rollover and new financing to avert a default. So, is that not sufficient for the moment?
1: I mean, in the same story, I mentioned that uh, this uh, lifeline can only save Pakistan for two more months, not more than that. Uh, Pakistan's total gross external financing requirements for the current financial year, which is going to end in June this year, are estimated between thirty two to thirty-two billion dollars. And during the first half of the financial year, which was July, December 2022, we could raise around $10 billion, including the money that that the UAE and Saudi Arabia have committed. But uh, we don't know when it will come. On an average, Pakistan needs minimum, minimum $1 billion per month just to keep the foreign exchange reserves at their current level. I'm not talking about the requirements for making the external debt repayments. So $3 billion means uh, that the reserves that are standing right now at $4.3 billion uh, would remain here for a couple of months. Then what? So the, the ultimate solution for Pakistan right now is to go back to the IMF, take uh, the, the, the prescription, whatever IMF says. I have my doubts and, and concerns about the effectiveness of the IMF conditionalities, uh, whether these conditionalities can help Pakistan to address its its issues in the long term, that's a separate question. But right now, Pakistan does not have a choice but to go back to the IMF.
0: In that same report of January 12th, Shabazz, you also write that the while the IMF route is the safest one for Pakistan, you warn that it will, however, be bumpy. It, would that be a correct uh, sort of summing up of the IMF process
1: and the IMF negotiations with Pakistan? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, the, that is the situation. If if we take the IMF route, uh, the government of Pakistan has to take additional revenue measures equal to one uh, percent of GDP. Uh, that translates into about rupees eight hundred billion. And uh, in addition to that, uh, the government of Pakistan and the State Bank of Pakistan will have to let the rupee gain its real value. Uh, Pakistan can no more control the exchange rate as because this this is what we have committed with the with the IMF at the start of the program back in 2019, July 2019. So uh, if, if the rupee devalues, which we know it will devalue because the market rate, open market rate, the black market rate, uh, they are quite different from each other. And thirdly, uh, the government of Pakistan will have to increase the electricity tariffs. And you know, inflation in Pakistan is already around, on an average, the official inflation rate is 25%. And given that inflation rate uh, with low economic growth rate of what we're projecting about 2% in, in, the, in the current financial year because of uh, first the devastating floods and then the implications of the uh, tight monetary and fiscal policies. So in this background, if, if you impose, if the government of Pakistan imposes more taxes, uh, it increases the electricity tariffs that have already been increased by about 40% uh, just back six uh, six months back and then you allow the rupee uh, depreciate so the, it, it, it it is quite bumpy road for pakistan and for the government of pakistan and for its people because uh, in these circumstances it will be difficult to absorb another round of inflation we are already in, 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 in an inflation rate which is which is probably the highest in in, in, in the region maybe the second highest after sri lanka so yes uh, the imf is the only route but it it, it is it, was, it is full of pain
0: yeah, you live in Islamabad, you know, which is uh, you know the crown of cities as far as Pakistan is concerned, and you mentioned a little while ago, you know, that inflation was running at twenty five percent, and um, food inflation apparently is uh, just over fifty five percent. So, can you tell
1: us how this inflation is impacting common people? Well, not only common people, uh, it is also impacting the people who, who whose earning levels are uh, quite quite uh, better than these. Uh, these people the lower middle and the middle income group you know uh, when when inflation uh, rate is quite high and it is consistently high for past few years and uh, you don't have uh, high income levels definitely people will have to make hard choices the choice between having two or three meal a day the choice between uh, other other expenditures which they can they may they, they are forced to or they may be forced to delay, to defer, or to drop at all uh, to meet the both ends. And this is this is the case for the majority of the Pakistanis. And for the people who are in a better, in a higher uh, income bracket, uh, their savings uh, will erode and have been eroding.
0: So, Shabazz, you know, you mentioned also about the dollar rate. You know, when I lived in Pakistan as the Hindus correspondent in the late 90s, I remember that, uh, you know, $11 billion worth of foreign exchange reserves was frozen after Pakistan's nuclear tests. And that time, if I recall correctly, the value of uh, the rupee to the dollar was about 75. Today, it stands at what, 225, 230. You know, how has this impacted people as well? I mean, this is a huge drop in the value of the rupee in the last, uh, say, 14, 15 years.
1: Yeah, this is quite unfortunate that uh, we are not able to have a strong currency. And I'm not advocate of having an artificially strong currency. I'm advocate of uh, having a strong currency based on strong economic fundamentals. Those strong economic fundamentals are missing. I mean, it, it uh, the problem with Pakistan's economy is that uh, our economy is import driven. Even if we uh, manufacture goods for the local uh, consumption, uh, these goods are manufactured by importing raw materials from abroad. According to a study by the World Bank, about 80% of the total imports are comprised of raw materials and intermediary goods. Uh, so that, that is also a reason behind higher inflation in Pakistan and also a reason for reluctance uh, for the government to allow the rupee gain its value. The problem is the reserves are quite low. And despite all its, its efforts, uh, the government is able to control uh, somehow uh, the imports, but, but it cannot control beyond a point. Because we are heavily, heavily dependent on the imports. So this imported inflation, the devaluation, I mean, about 100% uh, devaluation past five years almost. It has affected every, every sphere of economic and social life. Because whatever you do, somehow uh, there, is, there, there is a product, there is a, an ingredient that, that is imported from abroad. So that's a problem.
0: So, Shabazz, you also uh, you know, spoke of the external debt. Can you give us a sense of how much is Pakistan's external debt and what would be the level of annual repayments uh, that are due from Pakistan's side?
1: Well, uh, the total external debt and liabilities of Pakistan are about $130 billion. In terms of size of the economy, it is not it is not big. It, it would be around 35%, 34%. We, we will see what, what the GDP number will be. But 35% external debt and liabilities is not, in relative terms, high. The problem is we do not have sufficient reserves. And the repayments in the current financial uh, financial year are about $22-23 billion. And in addition to that, uh, we need another about $10 billion for the current account deficit financing. So the gross external financing requirements of Pakistan are around $32 billion minimum. And then uh, my, my fear is, and according to my sum calculations, uh, same will be the situation the next financial year, which is starting from July. But th- that is a serious problem. Because of this, uh, we do not have a choice but to go back to the IMF because under the IMF umbrella, we may be able to get more, lo- more loans in the short term, like loans from uh, commercial loans from China, uh, bilateral credit from Saudi Arabia, uh, from UAE, and um, issuance of the global uh, sovereign bonds, uh, this can only be possible under the IMF program. If we don't go to the IMF route, uh, then the bilateral support given by either any of the uh, foreign nations will not help Pakistan. So that's the problem.
0: And Shamas, can you explain to the listeners of our podcast, these uh, bilateral whatever extensions that are being given by Saudi Arabia, by China or by
1: UAE, Are these in the form of grants or are these in the form of loans? Uh, No. Last time we received grant from Saudi Arabia was back in 2014 uh, when Saudi Arabia gave $1.5 billion in grant. Uh, All uh, these are loans and uh, these will have to be paid back. Most of these loans are probably the deposits, what we call the deposit in the central bank. They may be for a period of only one year. Then you will have to either return the money or you will have to get it roll roll over again I saw, um, you know, snatches
0: of an interview that uh, Prime Minister Shahbaz Sharif gave to the Al Arabiya channel, in which, of course, the news that he made was, uh, you know, a possible opening to India, uh, a possible dialogue process. But let's leave that aside. In that, he also laments the fact that, you know, he feels really bad this, as Prime Minister of a sovereign, independent country. You know, he has to literally go and ask for money from friendly, uh, brotherly uh, Gulf nations. But actually, he's doing exactly that. So, is this something, I mean,
1: is this a vicious circle? How does Pakistan break out of it? The problem is Pakistan is right now in a cash-22 situation. If it goes to the IMF, uh, there will be loss of uh, political capital for the ruling alliance. If it doesn't go to the IMF, uh, economy is is in a serious risk of default. So, it's it's really a cash-22 situation. There is no uh, choice left. Uh, for Pakistan to either go to any of these uh, foreign nations. I would not call any foreign nation friendly country. We always have relations. Uh, so, yes, these, are, these countries, uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, China, they have always helped Pakistan. Uh, more than sometimes they are even required to help Pakistan. So, we are grateful to these nations. As far as India and Pakistan are concerned, I think uh, both nations uh, need to mend their ways. It's not only Pakistan, I think. Uh, something wrong has also been done by India and both the countries should should consider of, uh, of the welfare and well-being of, of more than 1.5 billion people of, the, of, of just two countries. Uh, so yes, at this point in time, Pakistan is in a weak position. It cannot take strong stance. but Ultimately, this phase will uh, pass through and we'll be back, inshallah. We'll, we will, we'll, we'll be back in, uh, only, only if we are able to have a correct path which will be painful it may take more than 2 to 3 years but still this nation has proven many times in the past that it can it can deal with all types of crises including terrorism and all those things
0: Shabas, uh, tell me what is your sense uh, you know uh, there are of course you know as we speak uh, as the economic crisis looms there's a parallel you know political um, battle going on in pakistan we see what's happening in, uh, you know, the, the state of Punjab, in Pakistan, and we are likely looking at uh, fresh elections. Do you think that the political class can show a degree of maturity and understand that this
1: crisis is serious and they need to address it? I mean, you know, I do not cover on politics, cover the politics, but... Uh...
0: In that limited so I'm asking you from that limited sense. I'm talking only from the perspective of the economy. I don't want you to answer, you know, anything. Uh, I, I wanted to keep the focus on India, Pakistan. I just mentioned that as an aside. So, but I just want to know, you know, from that standpoint, is there a realization? Uh, let me extend the question further. Is there an understanding in civil society? Is there a need to address all these issues? Because it is a serious crisis.
1: Like politicians in Pakistan are like the politicians anywhere in the world. So their first priority is always uh, themselves. And that is the reason right now we have this economic mess. Had that not been the case, Pakistan would have been in the IMF program in, in October 2022 again. So the IMF mission was scheduled to visit to Pakistan in late October. We changed our finance minister because of our political priorities. And that did not economically help Pakistan. I think that that answer... Would make it clear uh, to your to your uh, listeners that our politicians need to act in a manner where the country's interests are uh, uh, first and foremost, and Shavas tell me you know from your perch in Islamabad.
0: Is there, uh, you know, any appreciation uh, of what happened in Sri Lanka? Because, you know, all South Asian countries, including India, are finally vulnerable to, you know, economic headwinds. But, you know, what happened in Sri Lanka, is there a sense or appreciation that uh, Pakistan might suffer similar consequences? Though it's a far bigger economy, there's no comparison
1: between the two economies. Yes, you're right. There is a realization uh, among the uh, think tanks. Among the civil society, among the journalists, that uh, situation like Sri Lanka can also happen to Pakistan, but probably this realization realization is not there when it comes to the politicians and our, and our key decision makers. That, that I, I don't see that
0: right. And what is your sense, Shabaz? You know, uh, you know whether it's the World Bank or the IMF. You know, everyone talks about you know South Asia growing together. I do remember that, uh, you know, India and Pakistan had a very breakthrough meeting, uh, you know, when the SAARC summit happened, when Prime Minister Vajpayee visited Islamabad. And it looked like, you know, SAARC was finally about to take off. In the past, we've had discussions on sale of electricity. You know, all these projects finally came to, you know, came to a halt. And I don't want to play the blame game here at all, because I think that both sides are to blame for this current impasse. My own sense and my question to you is, do you feel that a South Asian route for South Asian progress, which will mean the individual progress of all South Asian nations, is that something, uh, you know, is that something to look forward to so that you know, we can come out of
1: our economic crisis and really better the lot of common people? Amit, without, without thinking that I'm an Indian or a Pakistani, I can genuinely tell you that there is a strong desire among the people of Pakistan to collaborate with India. And I also, I have uh, friends in India as well. And and I also see that strong desire over there. Uh, Unfortunately, this is between the politicians of both sides. They have their own issues. But one thing I I, I want to make it clear, uh, I I strongly feel that uh, the issue of Kashmir, uh, without saying who is right and who is wrong, the issue of Kashmir is very close to the heart of the people. And this, and whatever you may call it, I mean, there have been attempts to push this issue back uh, on the back burner, and 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 start talking about trade, people-to-people contact. I have been involved in a couple of such exercises, uh, but at the end of the day, when it comes to taking the decision, the decisive move, then somehow either India is not ready or Pakistan is not ready. Probably, probably, uh, if uh, my my own feel and my own sense is that. And based on my some interaction with, with, with key people here in, in Pakistan, I think India has to offer something to Pakistan, uh, which could uh, partly or wholly uh, reverse the action taken back in August 2019, if I'm not mistaken on the date. Something has to be done. And we feel if that is done, that will be an opening because one thing is good about Pakistan's politics that when, when, whenever there are general elections, I do not see any anti-India slogans to, to win voters. That I can, cannot say about India. Uh, when there are elections in India, the situation will be different. People will be using different tone and people will be uh, maligning Pakistan. It is not about the past of Pakistan only. We, both the countries have history and uh, both the countries have done wrongs to each other. So I think there might be some, there, there should be some breakthrough on the political front. Only then uh, people-to-people contact, only then the trade can uh, move on. I can tell you on my personal note uh, that we have a, a society called South Asian Society of Economic Reporters, saser uh, in which we have uh, membership from India, Pakistan, and other four uh, nations from from South Asia. We wanted to make it a big society of the, of the of economic journalists across the borders. Uh, people from Bangladesh, people from Sh- Sri Lanka, people from uh, Afghanistan, India. So what happened at the end of the day, uh, unfortunately, there was uh, there a COVID period. We could not make it an active organization. Uh, but there is also no appetite for that thing at this point in time. I and my Indian counterpart... Uh, Dr. Kiran, uh, we, we thought sometimes that we would make it effective, operational. Uh, but when we see circumstances, we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. So that is the situation right now.
0: Well, we we shouldn't leave it on a depressing note, but we will leave it here for today. Uh, Shabaz Rana, you've been really uh, you uh, kind to give us your time. And I do hope uh, the Hindus in Focus podcast can return to you in Islamabad or further updates on what's happening in Pakistan and its
1: economy and the rest of South Asia of course. Thank you so much. I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity and I also wish we have a good and strong relationship. It's not between you and me, it is it is between it is about people living on both sides of the border. Uh, they they have a better uh, chance to life. I mean the coordination, the collaboration, interaction, it always helps. Thank you so much Shabazz. Thank you.